Good to have you. Thanks for being along. I'm Jerry Agar filling in for John Moore today and tomorrow. He will be back on Wednesday. As usual, it's a Mulcare Mondays with former NDP leader, CTV political analyst Thomas Mulcare. Good morning. Hey, good morning, Jerry. Good to be with you. Who do you cheer for in the NHL? Oh, now, obviously the Leafs. By the way, I was born in Ontario, so I have a legitimate oh. interest in cheering for the Leafs. I think it was like back in 1927, the last time the Canadians got anywhere. So, uh, of course, we're, we're everybody's cheering for the Leafs. We were all watching the game over the weekend. It was great. Oh, no, I remember the 70s. I hated it. Uh, <laughs> I hated it. If you, when, when you go on the radio station in Montreal, do you say that you cheer for the Habs? <laughs> Well, if, if they're doing anything, yes. But if they had a season like this season, I will very openly say I'm cheering for Toronto every step of the way. All Canada's right. team, let's go. All right, then. Uh, well, we've got another team that's still in there, too, you know. Yes, of course, Edmonton, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And okay. uh, also, also a Canadian team. One yeah. of those teams is going to make it through to the next round. Well, so Canadian and, team will be quite far, yeah. And, and you're right, the Leafs are Canada's team because, of course, Toronto is the center of the universe. They so. score! They score! <laughs> it's, no, it, let, let's be modest. It's the center of the known universe. <laughs> All right. Um, well, you know, Elon Musk is getting out there trying to find more of it. So good for him. <laughs> uh, so a tentative deal reached and federal yes. government worker strike. Is that a good thing? Well, when I look at the, the details of it, it's a good thing from the union standpoint. Uh, this agreement in principle, for example, is going to give a, a lump sum payment of 2500 bucks uh, to the workers, which is to compensate for that one big year that we had with the hyperinflation. But the government very wisely didn't want to build into the collective agreements that sort of bulge. So they're going to give it to them as a lump sum, and they've done something very clever. They're adding it for, for workers who are closer to retirement. It'll help determine what their pensionable income is. So it's, it's, a, it's a win for them across the board. And then, you know, the percentage is quite high. So I think that uh, Aylward, who was having trouble convincing his, his, his members that he had made the right call, I think he's going to be coming away from this thing uh, smelling like roses. All right. Now, I had heard, and I said earlier this morning on the air, Thomas, that uh, the federal workers were on strike but getting paid. And several people wrote to me and said, well, that's because their pay is behind their work. Like their, the paychecks they would have received while they were out on strike were really not for the time while they were on strike. Yeah. Do you think the government will claw that back in May? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no. For, for, for when people were off work, they're not going to get paid because they were actually getting $75 per four-hour shift from the union and that 75 bucks by the way is not taxable so you know it's not a lot 150 bucks but 150 bucks cash a day you know to pay for groceries is is a way to keep people on the on the picket line but as i say i mean overall i think that the union did quite well now it's worth pointing out that people from the canada revenue agency all 35,000 of them they're still on strike they have not made an, uh, an agreement yet so we're going to see how it works out yeah but for everybody else <laughs> it's tax day today you bet. In fact, I'm talking to some people who are in the tax business, you know, accountants are saying, no, actually, the day for paying was Sunday. And so I guess they're going to be lenient and allow it to be May 1st, which, after all, is International Workers' Day. So, Well, is that right? Well, I'll feel yes, good is. about myself it's, then when I drop it's, my taxes it's off. Labor day. <laughs> it's Labor Day for, for the rest of the world. We're like the Americans. We have this odd thing the first uh, Monday in September, but the rest of the world, it's May 1st. All right. So um, we've got the coronation coming up, and I said earlier, yes. Thomas, that I just on TV, I saw uh, like the, the carriage he's going to be in and how the procession is going to look. And it looked like a, a funeral procession from the Dracula days. Uh, but apparently we're not planning any funeral for the monarchy. Trudeau says now is not the time for diving into negotiations over our ties to the monarchy. Well, Trudeau is quite rightly, very reticent to start opening up the Constitution, because that's what we'd be talking about. But at the same time, there are little things that we can do, you know, to start being 
a really, truly independent country from, you know, the British monarchy. Well, what are some of those symbolic things we can do? Well, do like the Australians. You know, Jerry, they've decided that, you know, King Charles is not going to be on their banknotes, you know, like the way the way Queen Elizabeth II was. Why? Well, because Queen Elizabeth II was the institution. She was yeah. there for so long. Nobody was going to begrudge that. And it goes back to a different time. But now is the time to say, OK, you know, let's look at some great Canadians over the years and say who should be on our $20 bill, for example. And I think that that's long overdue. Well, there's a political leader in New Zealand who's talking about how it's time for New Zealand to be a republic. Yeah, but I have, I, I, uh, in full disclosure, I don't know the details of how hard or difficult or, or easy it is in New Zealand to change the Constitution. All I know is that here in Canada, it's like, if you started saying, okay, we're opening the Constitution to fix this, mm-hmm. and you'd have a lineup of 350 constitutional scholars at the door representing 700 different interest groups saying, <laughs> oh, but you can't forget about my interest group because they have something in the Constitution they don't like. So I, I, on this one, I'll always agree. Agree with Trudeau. We, when I was the head of the NDP, we had a st- steadfast policy uh, to get rid of the Senate, which I still think, by the way, is a good idea. I don't see what people who have never been elected are doing making laws for the rest of it. But we knew in our heart of hearts that, you know, come on, it's not going to happen that easily because exactly that. You open up the Constitution, everything comes flooding in. How do you feel about an elected Senate? I think it would be worth considering, you know, a bicameral institution, you know, for a big country like ours, you could have some regional representation, you could have First Nations, Inuit and Métis representation, you could come up with something along those lines, it might be worth considering. But again, good luck. You know, it's like the Triple E Senate, you know, that the Preston Manning pushed for years. It's not that it was a bad idea. It's just that it never came across, you know, it never it never came to be. Well, do you say good luck because of the Constitution or you just don't think anybody's ever going to do it? Because of the Constitution. Okay, but I think there's a way around that, which is that uh, you you have the election. Let's say Alberta has an election for senators and they elect X number of senators. And then they recommend to the government that these are the senators who be appointed. And that's the, that's the, those are the senators they appoint. If you have a government in Ottawa that agrees with that system, you'll be fine. But if you have somebody like Trudeau, for example, saying, no, I've got my own system in place. Because Trudeau deserves credit for one thing. Because, again, the NDP, we were wanting to get rid of the Senate overall. What Trudeau did is said, look, we're going to have a system where people are going to apply to be senators. It's not just going to be old party hacks. And I have to say, with a few exceptions, because there are some old party hacks in there, but with with a few exceptions, the liberals have done a darn good job of, of appointing, I think, really good people to the Senate compared to what we were doing in the past. Former U.S. Secretary of State Hillary Clinton to join the Liberal Convention in Ottawa next week. Is that who they want to cozy up to? Well, she's a very strong and very respected woman who's been through so much in politics and accomplished such a great deal. She'll be doing on the second day of the convention, she'll be doing a fireside chat type of thing with Christia Freeland, who, of course, has always had her eyes on the prize. Uh, she she would love to be able to replace Trudeau. Jerry, people don't realize this, but of the five political parties present in the House of Commons, the only party that's never had a woman leader is the Liberals. You know, they talk a good game about feminism and all that, but they're yeah. the only one of the five parties that's never had a woman leader. So Christia Freeland, obviously, I would say Anita Anand, you know, they're the type of people. Now, there's going to be another person there this weekend that everybody's going to be paying a lot of attention to, and it's Mark Carney. Uh, he gave a, an interview yesterday with our friend and, and colleague Vashi Capella, 
us. And uh, I'll tell you, he he figure skated around her direct question. Do you think that Trudeau is the per- right person to be facing off against Pierre Poitiers? Oh, I support the government. I support the prime minister. No, no, but is Trudeau the right person to be facing off? And he just wouldn't answer the question. Now, he's a goalie, so you can just imagine how bad his figure skating is. Uh, but um, but, but I, I, for people who don't know, he was actually the goalie for uh, the, the, the hockey team at Oxford, where, where he got his graduate degree. So he's, he's a great guy, by the way. I invited him a couple of times to the University of Montreal, where I was teaching after I left politics. And the students just love this guy. He's By the way, he's kept up really good French, uh, despite the fact that he was away for so long. So th- this guy has never abandoned his own, uh, you know, his own desire to maybe take take the big job. So we'll, we'll see. It's going to be a very interesting convention, Jerry. All right. Um, is there going to be a new leader or Trudeau is uh, because some people think he will step down? Well, in a former life, because Quebec doesn't have an NDP, I was a liberal cabinet minister, which means I've still got a whole bunch of friends who are very close to the natural governing party. And they've all been giving him the same very deferential idea. You know, Mr. Trudeau, you've done so much on health care and child care and dental care. You should consider this third term your legacy mandate. It's a very nice way of greasing the skids without it being too obvious. Trudeau is his own man. I've, I've learned one thing about this guy. He doesn't accept advice. If he, he's decided, he always goes all in. But I do think that he and his wife and their kids at some point, you know, he's well into his eighth year at this thing. If he gets another mandate, it'll be another four years of this. Is that the life that he wants? Or does he want to go on to some of these well-paid boards of directors that would do anything to have this guy, you know, representing them? So we'll, we'll see. I, I, I still think that Trudeau finds it irresistible to have this epic battle against Pierre Poilievre that he sees as representing everything he dislikes about the Conservatives. All right. Always good to talk to you, Thomas Mulcair. Thanks Great very much. Great to talk to you. All the best, Jerry. This is News Talk 1010.